What is up, Mad Mob? Cot Begley putting something in his mouth right off the bat. Let's go. Let's got him again. I'm always starting this thing early, catching Begley eating or drinking something. It's, it's water. Settle. He tries to he tries to slip a quick one in there. He I'm always tries to, but I always catch him. But we we've been sitting here for ten minutes waiting for Begley to finish his snack so we could start this thing up. I'm dieting. <laughs> it's just water. Settle down. Oh my gosh. You you still got gummy bears in your teeth, man. Nothing but water today. It's all I've had. <laughs> Nothing but water. Yeah. Star. Man. We definitely believe you. I'm angry and I'm passionate about my players this episode. Can't wait. Players, are you angry about being horribly wrong about DK Metcalf? I'm, Mad I'm Mob? A upset. Mad Mob, I called it. When we were doing our rankings for DK Metcalf, I said, you don't want him. He's going to be in Seattle. He's the only – he's the face of that franchise. They have nowhere to put their money other than to D, DK Metcalf. They let everybody go. They still need to bring people in to watch uh, the Seahawks play. You don't have Bobby Wagner or Russell Wilson anymore. They were going to pay DK Metcalf. Goni, what are the deets of the uh, of the contract? DK got himself three years, seventy-two million with a thirty million dollars signing bonus, the highest of all time for a wide receiver. So, I mean, good for him. Great for him, and even better for me of just being uh, right and Begley being terribly wrong. Why and, Seattle? Why? Why? Do something better. They have to sell tickets. Graphics. Who? Who are people? Who are people going to come watch if DK Metcalf isn't there? You think they're going to come watch this poop turds of a team this year? No, even though I know losing isn't going to be made any easier because they have DK Metcalf on their team. Hey, yeah, but you. at least you have some explosion of athleticism to hope for. Who else is going to give that to you on the Seahawks right now? What is it? Green Bay and Kansas City ought to be ashamed of themselves. They should have been at knocking at his door. But Kansas City for sure. But could they have? Were, was Max. anybody going to offer him thirty million signing? They it's not thirty million have. guaranteed. That's thirty million once you sign the contract. How hard is that to turn down? Somebody saying, "Hey, buddy, tomorrow we're going to cut you a check for thirty mil. All you got to do is sign." G- give me that. Two. What are you? What are you doing, Green Bay? What are you doing, Kansas City? Green Bay doesn't really roll like that, but Kansas City should have pulled the trigger to do that. Yeah, but then they also. They're paying Patrick Mahomes for the next decade. So, I mean, I don't know how much money they have. Let, Wayne's probably right on that, too. Let Juju go. Don't don't sign Juju. Don't sign MVS. And you let Tyreek go. You let Byron Pringle go. Surely they got to have the in, – in the wide receiver bank account, they got to have enough for DK. Man, it, what if you're the Titans? The Titans could use somebody like DK Metcalf. They just let AJ Brown walk though because of the money, man. They're they're not gonna be like, all right, see a guy that we home grew for this I outsider. I don't know. Shame on the league. Shame on them that 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 now DK has to fester, actually fester. He chose. He's he's festering as just a, a rich rich man. Let if if I have to be on a sucky football team, at least I'm gonna be rich. I'm gonna yeah. be rich. I, I'm gonna rich. I'm gonna leave. I'm going to leave and, I mean, a, a loss and go to my mansion, drive my Lamborghini Huracan, 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 can't even pronounce it, I'm so poor. Something like that. It's so exotic, you can't so, even pronounce I'm it. I'm so poor, I can't even pronounce it. You're going to hop in that, drive to his mansion, 
where didn't DK get in trouble for for like going on like a a sex binge? I have no idea. Look I did not hear Google that. Google what kind of rags are you on reading? TMZ? Google it, dude. It's hilarious. He, I, I'm not. I'm not going to Google it. But if if you're over the age of eighteen, if you're over the age of eighteen and you're looking for an interesting article, something else I'm right about. But Apparently anyways, that's I don't the think one. he cares about losing. He's only going to be 28 when his contract is up. He he can worry about a ring then. What are you doing, Seattle? What are you doing? All right, we are in episode two of our four-episode miniseries where we break down the north, south, east, and west uh, divisions two at a time um, with our locks, overvalues, and dark horses. Um, locks obviously be, and it's all based on the sleeper ADP. Um, locks being, you know, the the ADP is exactly uh, we agree with it. Um, we, that's you're going to get the value that the ADP is giving you. Overvalue exactly what it sounds like. Uh, you, th- people are taking this person way too early. Um, they're not going to get the value at where they're drafting them. And our dark horse people that if you get if if you get them at their ADP, then you got a sleeper that's probably going to. Um, in our opinion, going to give you more than what um, you spent on them. So we are doing the NFC East and the AFC East. Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, Commanders. Garbage division. Easily the worst in football. And we got the AFC East. Bills, Dolphins, Pats, and Jets. I don't I don't even know what to say about this division. I They're better, They're over better than the s- NFC East. I know. Begley's over there seething, boy. Kings of the East, AFC side. He's over there seething... It is factual. Hang on. It's factual. They have the weakest, the entire division, or the bottom four for weakest strength of schedule. Well, I guess they'd be the top four, really. Listen, this is the division of champions. I I don't know this for a fact, but I've been racking my brain. What other division has more combined rings than the NFC East? None. It's the division of champions, gentlemen. The Cowboys. The Cowboys were playing when it was it was the Cowboys versus Packers for the Super 26 Bowl. Twenty six years year. ago, you it's the taken the Cowboys. Division of champions, get out of here. The gold standard of divisions. How we bad are you going to feel? Rings. How bad are you going to feel that the Eagles have won a championship since your last one? The Giants have won it twice, and if Washington somehow comes out from the depths and wins a championship before the Cowboys. Uh, How bad are you going to feel? It'll never happen. You can take your hypothetical and just throw it away. It'll never happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Sure we, y'all thought the Eagles were going to be the roadblock of that, and they Nick Foles bust through that thing. Every team actually had Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, and now look where Carson Wentz is. I mean, let's talk about the Patriots and Bucks, right? For 30 years, you guys had the two worst teams in football, and it wasn't close. You both hit a you both hit a nice valley. The Bucks have done it twice, one with Gruden, one with Brady. Or, yeah, and then the Pats have only done it once with Brady. Settle down, boys. You guys will go back to obscurity where your teams belong. Not I American. Don't know. I don't know. We, Not with Bruce Arians in the front office. I like him. We've done it six times with Brady. You've won it six times, but you've got a 20-year window with him. Outside of Brady's 20-year window, poop turds. That's fine because that's relevant and recent. Turds. You know how long our rebuilding phase was to make it back to the playoffs? One year. Oh, man. Well, Cowboys yes. can't make the division and I can't make the playoffs in back-to-back seasons since the beginning of time. Hey, listen. 
Abs and Pose, America's team, rings. I'm telling you that most of their most of their Super Bowls is when it was just Packers, Bears, and Cowboys going at it every year. Right. Stop it. We Thanksgiving the- Day teams only back then. <laughs> Three in the nineties. Let's settle down a little bit. Let's pump the brakes. The nineties. Let's, let's keep in mind ago, the Bucks. Man. The Bucks were an expansion team. The Bucks. The Bucks came in the what seventy eight. Oh, NFL yes. had been around for like fifty years before the Bucks came in. Fifty and Super Bowls have come and gone before the Bucks were even even existed. The oh. glory days of thirty years ago. Beggs is riding on right now. The man was a small oh, child still Chris. crapping in his diaper. America's team. I'm an '80s baby. America's team. '80s baby. Was born in '89. Right. <laughs> I'm an '80s baby. Pump the brakes. Golly. All right. Let's get started. We're gonna go in. We're gonna stay clockwise. Helps me keep track of who's going next. Uh, give us, give us your lock. I and I have a feeling we're going to start. We're going to start with the. We're going to start with. I love it. We're going to start with the that. NFC East. Hey man, shut up! I'm trying to host. <laughs> Can we get to this? Can we do this? Golly, shut! Shove some gummy bears in your mouth and just shut up for a second. Dude. Let me host. Scribbing. Scribbing. Scribbling. Scrib- scribbling furiously. Okay, Benedict sound like Quint. sound Benedict like Brick Tamlin, bro. <laughs> who could that? Who could be next? <laughs> who could be next? I'm a, I'm a little torn. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. Let's get into it. Waiting on you, man. Locks. Give us your lock. Oh. Hey, America's team. Let's throw your stars up. CD Lamb is nice. in the NFC East. Throw your stars up, America. Throw your stars up, America. There's one star. That's it. It's just one. Stars. Throw them up. Both shoulders. How back. do you throw a star up? What are you throwing up? Like, is there like a hand sign for a star? I don't know. I, I thought about it, and I could, I could quite get there. <laughs> <laughs> Try. Let's practicing. ADP, 16. <laughs> 2.04 pick. Out here get looking like finger. Naruto about to give you six. <laughs> Get your finger origami out of here. I'm trying to talk about my lock. ADP, 16, 2.04. Wide receiver, 6. Mari Cooper's out of town. He left behind 103 targets. We know Zeke's getting a little bit older. I still think he's relevant, but he's aging. Michael Gallup's missing. Last I saw, at least four games recovering from a torn ACL. No guarantee he's explosive when he comes back. I think CeeDee Lamb's ceiling is kind of limitless right now, 140, 150 targets, easily being within uh, within reach. You know, when you look at his advanced metrics, you know, he really profiles closer to a WR2 than a 1. He's got a 7.5% drop rate, which is actually pretty abysmal. Watched him drop a lot of balls over the middle. Uh, 24th in route wins, 24th in fantasy points per target. Uh, but I just think the volume kind of overcomes it. Um, you know, I think the biggest knock on CD on his resume to date is his red zone work. You know, he ranked 38th in targets last year. Amari Cooper's gone. He was 11th with 19 targets. So somebody's going to get those. I'm sure Schultz will take some of them along with some of the running backs. If we can get CD even eight more targets in the red zone this year, you know, I think he's got. He really has a chance to explode. Um, kind of the last point I've got, when you start looking at Mike McCarthy's resume with receivers, you're thinking of Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, and Devontae Adams. They all took a big three-year leap under Mike. 
I'm expecting CD to do the same. I think he's a super safe pick this year. Rocking with my guy. I can't really hate on you for that one, honestly. I like CD Lamb this year. I think we do see the third year breakout. Uh, I think people tend to forget a little bit that wide receivers traditionally do have the breakout in year three. We've just seen, you know, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase go crazy in their first year. So, I mean, people are kind of, I guess, looking more towards that trend. But, uh, I mean, like you said, dude, I, I think he has a a path to be the wide receiver one if everything breaks out right. Um, I don't really think the red zone targets necessarily are on him. Maybe it's just, you know, Dak going towards his number one guy. And as you mentioned, he profiles more as a wide receiver too. But it kind of works out because he was the wide receiver too for that team. So, uh, this year, he's he's the big dog in town. He's going to get all the targets. We're going to find out if he's elite or not. And hopefully he improves upon, you know, that wide receiver 19 finish that he had last year. What do you think, Wayne? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, the, so we did our we did our wide receiver running back rankings a couple months ago. Um, and there's been a lot of shakeups that have, you know, kind of changed my mind on where I've put um, some of those players um, and I had CD lamb as a firm WR one and he is not one of those shakeups. I think he's definitely going to be a WR one. Um, it's, it's a lot. I, if anything, I think he's a little bit undervalued where he's at personally. Um, but yeah, it's, that's not a bad lock at all. You're in my opinion, you're definitely at least getting ADP value for him. Go and give us your lock. Uh, boys. I hate to ride it off the back of Beggs here. It's it's going to be a cowboy. My lock is Ezekiel Elliott. A lot of people think that he's washed. They hate what they saw out of him last year. His ADP right now. Let me just say, let me interrupt you. Yeah. This is, again, this is redraft format. Redraft. So, Absolutely. So con- continue. He's, he's going at the 305 this year as the running back 15. Boys, he's played six years in the NFL. He's going into his seventh. Would either of you care to guess how many times he was an RB1 over those six years? I'm going to say five. I'm going to say six. Five times he was an RB1. And the one time he wasn't, he was the running back 13. So he was right on the fringe right there. And he missed games. Phenomenal. He's, he's phenomenal. He's great. He's been great ever since he came in. He started the season strong last year. He tore his PCL in week five and continued to play for the rest of the year, just gutted it out. Uh, over the first five games, he was on pace for over 1,500 yards, and he had five touchdowns. He still finished as the RB7 for the year. I mean, everyone's writing him off for his age. I think he's a phenomenal value at the 305, and he's absolutely going to beat his – uh, ADP as the running back 15. So take that one to the bank guys. Can, can someone tell me why it's been happening over the past two years? Why, why Zeke is his, his value's just been dropping like a rock. I mean, he's been a stud for some reason. It's just, his value just keeps dropping and dropping for literally zero reason. I'm a big advocate of like, if you've, if you've, if you've got off field relationships, it's going to help you on the field. And and I said it before. I mean, if you watch Hard Knocks, you see it. Dak Prescott and Zeke are boys. And I think that's part of the reason that Zeke played on a torn PCL. It makes you want to play better. I mean, he, Dak, wants to, Dak wants his boy to play better. He wants his boy to be successful. Zeke wants Dak to be successful. And that makes you play better. I mean, you couple that with Zeke being an absolute monster. 
then I don't know why he's getting wrote off so much, man, over the past couple of years. I, I Again, that that's a great lock because you're 100% going to get value out of him because, if anything, I feel like he's undervalued. I, I think when Zeke came in as a rookie, Cowboys spent the first-round pick on him, and it was roll your jersey up to your nipples, Zeke, right? He let his abs hang out a little bit. He rocked with that for a couple years. He was a monster. And then he started packing on weight, and he couldn't roll his jersey up to his nipples anymore. And I, I feel like, you know, people kind of got kind of wrote him off then and kind of got bored, man. I don't know. He's legit, dude. I think it's because he got dinged up the last two years and everyone wants to talk about the age thing. But there's plenty of other running backs in his age range right now that are going higher than he is that get more injured than he does. Dalvin Cook comes to mind immediately. Uh, I know Dalvin Cook catches a little more out of the backfield, but Zeke gets gets some work out of the backfield, you know, in the receiving game. He he puts up great numbers, and, I mean, I still think he's got a lot in the tank. He plays on a great offense, and if you can get him in the third round as your running back two, you have a solid RB1, a stud wide receiver, and Money. Zeke as your RB2, you're, that's a win Money. right there. That's a lock. It's Money. a lock. Yep. Money. I'll follow that up with a uh, not so spicy lock. Uh, Terry McLaurin. He's going about his ADP is around forty. Uh, wide receiver fourteen. Um, I think he's going to give you that. Um, he typically finishes uh, over the past couple of years in back end wide receiver two. Um, I think he sees a jump this year with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is like he's underrated. He's not great, obviously. But they make it sound like he's like the worst person to ever throw a ball. Like he went, he had a he had twenty seven touchdowns and only seven interceptions last year. Like that's a pretty good, uh, that's a good line. Mm-hmm. I mean, he threw for over three thousand yards, something Lamar Jackson rarely does. I it, it's just he's he's better than Taylor Heineke. You know what I mean? And and Terry McLaurin had over one hundred and thirty targets last year. I think his target share stays the same, but his targets are better. I think he gets more catches. Uh, it, it's a bad team. They're going to be playing from behind a lot. Um, he's. I just feel like he's going to turn. What was he last year? WR twenty five. Twenty seven, I believe. Twenty seven. Yeah. I feel like his targets stay the same. Maybe go up a little bit, but he's going to be catching a lot more of those targets, and that's going to bump him up into that. Uh, mid-tier uh, wide receiver range. I think he's a lock at at his ADP. Vetted, you're right. It was 25. I love 25. and I love the lock, Wayne. I'm, I'm rocking with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I same thing. It, it was kind of difficult to pick a, a lock and overvalue and, um, you know, a bust or whatever for all these guys. Um, Terry McLaurin, I think, is a good a very good lock this year i think he actually has a career year he's playing with the best quarterback he's ever seen honestly so i'm looking for his best ever fantasy finish this year yeah wins no matter how you look at him is an improvement over heineke there's no doubt about it yeah and who he's played with in the past i mean yeah i don't want to yeah. say it but right Askins. uh yes yeah, so alex I mean, smith yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Not good. Alex Smith came back from his snapped leg. Did did he ever overlap with Fitzpatrick? It would have been last year, but Fitzpatrick got hurt immediately. 
remember they were in training camp and he he held up that board that said his friends are uh terry and who was the other wide receiver they brought in from the panthers curtis curtis Curtis. yep terry and curtis were his best friends and he never got to utilize them once that would have been dirty though fitz magic that would have been nice all right those are our locks we are going to move on to our overvalues we'll save the dark horses for last Overvalues of the NFC East. Beggs, who you got? Staying with Washington. I'm going to go Antonio Gibson. He's everybody's favorite uh, fade this year, I think. Uh, you know, last year he played on, on a stress fracture in his shin. You know, he's got a lingering turtle injury from his rookie year. And while you got to admire the guy for trying to gut it out, man, these injuries pile up, you know, and they're going to catch up to him. You know, I don't like to play the injury card, but, I mean, he's banged up, man. Um and he just he keeps trying to play through it, and I don't know why. Uh, Washington brought back J.D. McKissick on a two-year deal worth seven million, and spent a third-round pick on Brian Robinson, uh, which really you know is the biggest factor for me in fading Antonio Gibson. You know, when J.D. McKissick went down in week twelve last year, you know you kind of saw Antonio Gibson's week-over-week fantasy performance really improve. He was a lot more involved in the passing game. Uh, and I just worry with J.D. McKissick back, man. He's like the ultimate vulture. I mean, on the, you know, two-minute two minute drives, it's J.D. McKissick in the game, man. It is not uh, not Antonio Gibson, and that, that scares the daylights out of me. Uh, you know, all the hype's around Antonio Gibson. You know, he's a wide receiver in college, coming out of Memphis, great hands, going to play the CMC role. But, you know, you look at the numbers, he's really doing most of his work on the ground. 258 carries last year, 1,000 yards, strong numbers, but only had 42 receptions for 294. So he really wasn't involved in the passing game. With McKissick back, Brian Robinson drafted. He's going to get some of the groundwork. He's going to get the goal line work. Washington's offensive line took a big downgrade, losing Scherf and Norwell at the guard spots. Where is Antonio Gibson's value going to come from? What does he give to that team that makes you be like, this guy's got – RB1 upside. I don't see it. I mean, he was an RB1 last year. He, he finished as the RB12. Uh, he was – it was kind of rough for him in the first half. I'm looking at it. He had five single-digit games. But then, you know, after their bye in week nine, the second half, he put up 21, 23, 22, 18 and a half, 13, 22. I mean, he's good. He got going. I, he, he was kind of dinged up a lot of the year last year, which you touched on. Um, I like him a lot. I loved him coming out of college. I drafted him as a rookie in another dynasty league that I have and absolutely thought he was going to the moon after his rookie season. He scored a bunch of touchdowns. He was great. But like you said, man, I've been waiting for him to get more involved in the passing game for forever. And it kind of just broke your heart when they brought in J.D. McKissick and then it they it got stepped on on the ground afterwards when they re-signed J.D. McKissick for two more years. And and like you said, man, them drafting Brian Robinson, it just doesn't bode well. So I think I agree with you, man. I don't think he gets back to RB1 territory. And if he does, it's going to need to be through extreme efficiency. Is is that what his is that what his ADP is putting him at an RB one? No, his, his ADP is forty two, which is uh, RB twenty. Uh, but even even twenty for me is a little high. Uh, I, Goni, I hear what you're saying about his performance last year, but he took off in the second half of the year. Coincidentally, that's when JD McKissick went down. Makes sense. 
you know, I mean, this guy's going to have two guys vulturing his carries. And, you know, Jared Patterson last year vultured some carries toward the end of the year. Uh, Ron Rivera had a quote in the offseason talking about how he was going to use his plethora of running backs, specifically like he did in Carolina with Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams, and Fozzie Whitaker. This whole backfield scares me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't argue with the logic. But if, if Antonio Gibson is my RB2, I'm not upset about it. But that being said, I mean, based on, you know, based on what you said, if he drops out of that area, it wouldn't be too surprising. It just, it, you just don't know. I mean, like you said, that's the scariest part. That I mean, I, I know that's why you're overvaluing him is all the question marks and the question, absolutely none of those question marks are in his favor. Um, but yeah, that's that's not a bad overvalue considering all the shenanigans going on going on in in Washington's running back room. Yeah, I just yeah, I mean he just doesn't have very much upside. I mean you have around him you have Pittman, Waddle, Etienne, DJ Moore. I think I, I'm gonna Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson. I'm rolling with all those guys over Antonio. Man, I don't want the risk. It's fair. Going who you got? Uh, for this one, I took A.J. Brown. Mm. Love Jalen Hurts this year. I don't love A.J. Brown this year. He's mm. going at the 303 as the wide receiver 10. He's going above guys like Kyle Pitts, Zeke, James Conner, Keenan Allen, Deontay Johnson, Waddle, and McLaurin. Um, he's never finished as a wide receiver 10 or better. His finishes over, you know, at the first three years of his career, wide receiver 21, wide receiver 12, wide receiver 32. And, I mean, some of that has to do with injuries. The man has gotten dinged up, you know, the last two years. Can't really stay on the field. Um, I think his ADP is kind of being pulled up because he's got a big name and he's super talented, but there's just all kinds of question marks for him. Usually, historically, I'll say, when a wide receiver changes teams uh, via trade, they don't really blow up and kill it the next year. Stephon Diggs is just the big name that comes comes to mind just because of recency bias, but generally it doesn't happen like that. Um, like I said, I think it's better for Jalen Hurts, and I think it's a good football move for the Eagles. I think it opens up their overall game. But for fantasy, especially in a redraft, uh, A.J. Brown is just a guy that it, he's too boomer bust for me. Too many question marks, and I'll let someone else take that risk. I'd pass on him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not high on Jalen Hurts as a thrower either. Um, man, I don't, yeah, Philly's a weird team to me. I don't know how to project Philly. Wayne, how do you feel about Philly as a team, man? As a team, uh, I, like I said, there's, there's a reason I think the NFC East is going to be the worst division in football. Um yeah, I just I, everybody knows I love Jalen Hurts this year from a fantasy perspective, and it has nothing to do with his arm. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be hard. You know, they hit, they have Devonta Smith kind of in that mid tier. You know, just outside WR two, they have Dallas Goddard. You know, as a, a back end tight end one, and, and now you want to put AJ Brown. I just don't understand why people think uh, Jalen Hurts is going to be capable of doing that, um, throwing out that kind of fantasy value. Um, he doesn't do it with his arm, and I don't. I just. I don't see. He he's not going to be able to dish out that kind of value to three different players. 
I just think he's too boomer bust. I think Jalen Hurts takes a step forward, especially with the arm this year. And if I'm not mistaken, did the Eagles win the division last year, Biggs? Mm, I think no. they may have. They got obliterated in the first round of the playoffs they by, did. I'm pretty sure, the Bucks. But uh, they made no. the playoffs. They did. They didn't win the division. They didn't win the division. All right, well, they did well enough with Jalen Hurts at the helm in his first full season. Uh, I'm really not worried about him. I think they're a pretty good team. I think it's a step forward for him. Uh, it's just A.J. Brown is risky, very risky. And at the 303, I, I don't love him. I'll, like I said, I'll let someone else take that risk on him. Yep, agreed. Yep. My overvalue – Mm-mm-mm. We've hated on him in the past, Gun. My overvalue, um, heading over to New York, uh, Saquon Barkley. Mm. Yep. Overvalued. Yep. Gunny just wore his shirt out to the buffet the other night. Wore that Saquon yep. jersey. Uh, he's going oh, yeah. as RB12, so they have him as an RB1. He's ranked in front of guys. He's He's being drafted in front of guys like MVP Aaron Jones. Uh, Zeke, who you just talked about, Leonard Fournette, who we all know is going to have a great year. Uh, he's, but, and I know people are like, oh, he's he's been injured. People, he he played like twelve and a half games last year, and he only mustered two touchdowns. He's averaging, he's like ranks forty seventh in yards per rush. He's on a horrible offense, and he stays hurt. He's going to miss games. So I don't know why people think he's a perpetual RB one. It's like, it's like Saquon Barkley is failing miserably at football and people refuse to downgrade him out of RB1 status. And Zeke is doing amazing in football and people are trying to push him out of RB1 status. It's confusing me. Uh, I'm If Saquon Barkley is your RB1, I'm sorry for you. Uh, but that's that's where they got him going. I, it's I, No, I'm fading him heavy. Has there been is there any other player that you guys can remember like Saquon where people are willing to hold on to him hoping you he catches magic again for as long as they have? Like David Johnson is the one that comes to my mind where he was drafted a little too high, but I feel like it was only for a year or two, then everybody let him go. When are we gonna let Saquon go? I mean People are going through it right now with CMC, to be honest with you. The last two years, the man, I mean, you, you get a little taste of that phenomenal, you know, play, especially early on in their careers. But people also forget, man, Eli, we've talked about this before. Old quarterbacks love to check down to the to the running back. They love it. It's happened numerous times. And Eli Manning was at the end of his career just checking it down to Saquon. And he got he racked up a lot of points off of that. The numbers haven't been the same since, you know, Daniel Jones came to town and took over. So, I mean, just that, the injuries, I, I feel bad for him also. I'll never touch him again just because I've been burned too many times. This is well documented from some of our other shows. But I feel like he's just uh, snake bit on it, man. He's I could see him breaking like a 75-yard touchdown run this year. And when he gets to like the 20-yard line into the red zone about to score, someone with a green laser pointer shines one down in his eye and just detaches <laughs> his retina or something. Like, it's just his luck, dude. Yeah, I, when you see what he did in, in his rookie year, I, I can see how people are like, dang, if we get that again, that's a league winner. But yep. It's not happening again. He's just been hurt too much. 
He's been hurt, and on top of that, that's just a terrible offense. Like I said, 12 and a half games played, only two touchdowns. That team just doesn't doesn't get to the other end of the field very often. With Danny Dimes at the helm, I just it, – it's just not there for me, especially in front of like Zeke, Aaron Jones, and Fournette this year. It's just the value is 100% not there for me. Totally agree, man. I'm avoiding Saquon like the plague. Yeah, I, I don't hate it if he's my RB2, but nah, I'm not happy with him as my RB1. Um, all right, uh, we're going to finish up with the NFC East with our dark horses. Begs, who you got? Uh, we're going back to America's team, boys. Throw up your stars. I bet Jaylen. we are. Jalen Tolbert, rookie this year. Dallas spent third round pick on him. Uh, ADP is 173, wide receiver number, who knows? Uh, he's way too far down for me to count. I love this kid, man. I mean, there's rave reviews coming out of camp from coaches, uh, players, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Uh, Anthony Brown's a starting corner. I think he put out a statement last week saying he's a cross between CeeDee Lamb and Cedric Wilson. Uh, just a really hard cover, which, you know, take with a grain of salt, but – I mean, that, there's been so many rave reviews, you can't help but to notice. With Michael Gallup missing some weeks to start the season, uh, this guy's going to have all the opportunity to be the wide receiver, too, and to kind of take the job by the horns. You know, college pro football focus rated him as the second best receiver in all of college. Uh, this guy apparently can move around in the formations. Uh, super high on Jalen Tolbert, and he comes with little to no risk in your draft. Take a flyer on him, man. Yeah, I, I mean, as much as I would like to tell the mad mob that if you're listening to Begs, just go ahead and draft every Cowboys player you can get your hands on. Um, I was actually going to use Jalen Tolbert as my dark horse, uh, but then we got together. He told me he chose him first. He put it in our group chat, so the rules say that he gets to use him. Jalen Tolbert, man, I think is a great pick. Like you said, he's super cheap. He's not going to cost you anything. It's a late round flyer. He's going to have, he's going to be the starter. At least that's what the sentiment has been coming out of camp uh, to start the season um, until Gallup gets back, really. So maybe he shows out and he's a good little stash on your team for either extra wide receiver depth or uh, just a trade piece, you know, for the future. So definitely give it a go. Yeah, I mean, if he if he ever finds your way, ever finds his way into your starting lineup, then he's giving you more value than what you spent on him. So um, it, it's it's an easy stash. He, he's extremely cheap, and he's got a um, easy path to um, possibly your a, a solid flex play if you run into injuries or need a bye week fill in. Yeah, going. Who you got as your dark horse? Uh, for mine, boys, I went back to the Giants. Doesn't feel great, but I was looking at the ADP. It's going to be Kenny Galladay. Touched on him a little bit in previous episodes. His ADP right now is going at the 12.09 as the wide receiver 59. Uh, he, you know, he he played last year. Uh, in the first four games, he started with 17 receptions for 282 yards, which gave him a pace of just a shade under 1,200 yards total. It's not bad if you extrapolate him out. Um, he got hurt in week five, and he could never really seem to get it going after that. Um, he's a great—he was a great deep ball threat with Detroit. 
I'm sure that's why, you know, New York signed him. They gave him all that money. His first year didn't really pan out the way the Giants hoped for, but we'll see. Danny Dimes is playing for his his job this year. And really, it's it's hard to find a guy that's a wide receiver one on any given team be going as the wide receiver 59 in drafts. So, like I said, 12th round, he's worth the flyer. Maybe he turns into something. Maybe he doesn't, but it's worth a shot. Well, you've seen him do it before. He's got the pedigree. Uh, Brian Dable is in town now in New York. I think that's going to have an impact on the offense, right? I mean, it can't be as bad as it was last year. I like to pick. It's just a trash offense, dude. Just an absolute trash offense. Daniel Jones sucks. Uh, But, again, it's hard to say uh, if he's the wide receiver 59. That's so easy to overcome. But, man, that's a trash offense. Do you get better value than wide receiver 59? Definitely, in my opinion. Um, I just don't see him ever starting I, that offense is just terrible he could work until a, i mean if things break right i could see him as a reliable flex option yeah dude, he's he's a wide i mean you said it he's a wide receiver one there's no like there's no reason why he shouldn't be in somebody's flex other than the fact that he's on a terrible <laughs> offense if they can if they can somehow figure out just a little bit of how that whole football thing works then yeah, he's definitely a flex play. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. definitely a solid dark horse. I'm not hating on your dark horse at all. I just hate their offense. Dude, he, he's built like Kevin Durant, man. He's uncoverable in the red zone, but they just can't get there. Just nobody to toss yeah. it to him. Mm-hmm. If Daniel Jones makes a leap in the off season, then yeah, he he's he's gonna be great for you. Yeah. All right, you my dark Wayne. horse. I throw your stars up. Whatever that means. Team, baby. Throw One star. It. It's only a singular star. Throw your, stars throw your star up. up. Throw your star uh, up. Dalton Schultz. Schultzy. Schultz, daddy. Uh, we know on my tight end rankings, I had him uh, tight end three. Um, his ADP is at sixty-five. Puts him at the tight end seven. I uh, just. Heavily disagree with that. Um, if you um, are kind of in the middle of your um, draft and want a tight end that's going to be great for you, I feel like it's Dalton Schultz. That offense passes the ball a whole lot. They utilize the tight end a whole lot. Dalton Schultz was the tight end three last year, and the only thing that's changed for him is about 160 targets up for grabs now. Um, I, I don't see any reason why he couldn't repeat tight end three. Um, so for him going as the tight end seven now um, doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, so that, that's pretty much as far as it goes for, for him. Uh, officially on the franchise tag now this year. Cowboys refuse to pay the man. I don't know why they refuse. They just want to pay him more money next year, man, is really what it is. They're, they're going to give him, you know, the average of the top five salaries this year as a prove-it deal. He's going to prove it. I also have him as my tight end three. I think he has a clear and easy path to get back there. Total agreement with Wayne. And the Cowboys are either going to pay him more next year, which they love to do. Great plan. Or they're just going to let him walk. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Best of luck in Jacksonville. 
<laughs> oh, man. Let's move on to the AFC East. A better division. Not by much, but better nonetheless. It's good to move on. We'll start with Beggs again. Uh, give us your AFC East lock. My lock. And I feel strongly about it. I'm, especially my AFC East picks, all of them. My lock is Devin Singletary of the Bills. ADP right now, 91. Going as RB33. Why? You know, the James Cook draft, it's got everybody a little bit scared of Devin Singletary. But the reality is he's beat that ADP the last two years, and he was at that ADP in his rookie year. You know, since week 14 last year, he averaged 17 points a game. He got the green light. They, they put Zach Moss on the bench. He was 12th overall in red zone touches, so he gets the red zone work. And I know Josh Allen vultures quite a bit of those, but the offense is going to score so much that, that he's going to have plenty of opportunity to get his own. You know, he logged 14 breakaway runs last year. He's got the speed to take it to the Baja, and he will. He absolutely will. He runs the six most routes of any running back in the league. He's heavily u- utilized in the passing scheme, doesn't always get the ball. But I think as you see Josh Allen start to mature a little bit, as Goni said, he will start to dump the ball down a little bit more. Uh, you know, he's probably not going to win you a league, but he's going to get full volume this year with only really James Cook to potentially vulture any work, but he is a rookie, super high-powered offense. This guy could be your RB2 about the end of the year. I agree 100%. This was another guy I was thinking of taking as my lock as well. He absolutely got going at the end of the season. He looked phenomenal. And I think it was really just he got the opportunities, man. Ever since he's been there, uh, they drafted Zach Moss the year after they drafted him. Didn't really, you know, give him his respect or anything. They let Zach Moss try and get some work. They let him get some work. They went back to Zach Moss, kind of split him here and there. And when they finally decided to give him carries, he absolutely turned in great performance after great performance last year. Just put the ball in his hands. Let him do his thing. James Cook, I mean, I know, like you said, everyone's, you know, hyped for James Cook coming out of college. Um But, I mean, we're talking about the Bills who are on the cusp of a Super Bowl. They're one of the best teams in the league. And I just don't see that organization giving the keys to James Cook, trusting a rookie when you're on the cusp of winning a Super Bowl. They they have a lot riding on the season. I think he'll get some work. I'm not just writing James Cook off, but Devin Singletary, I think, absolutely beats his ADP. He, He will not finish as the running back 33. Yeah. yeah, you could have dark horse Devin Singletary. Honestly, of uh, 33 after what he's done is criminal. Yeah, James Cook is not going to do that to you. He's not going to diminish his value that much. Uh, if Devin Singletary is my RB2, I'm perfectly happy with that. So the fact that he's going almost out of RB3 status is not right, people. What are you doing? What are you doing? I don't get it, man. I really don't. Yeah, that's a good lock. You're 100% definitely going to at least get his ADP value out of him. Absolutely. No doubt about that, 100%. Absolutely. Goni, who you got for a lock? Boys, you're going to love it. All aboard. I'm going to hate Step it. on. Ride with me, Mad Mob. We're taking Gabe Davis as the lock. Easy lock right there. Screamed it from the, the mountains. He's the man. I know there's a lot of hype surrounding him and everything. I was there with him last year. 
picked him up mid-season, even before the breakout at the end. The waiver wire genie. Of the train. Conductor of the hype train over here. He is going at an ADP of 7-11. So back end of the seventh round, maybe early eighth, as the wide receiver 36. He's going behind guys like Rashad Bateman, Devonta Smith, Juju, and Drake London. I like him more than all of them. He plays in a better offense. He's just a better overall player. He's going to more than likely get more targets than all of them. I don't even think Drake Drake London as the number one gets as many targets as he does this year. Uh, We saw him utilized more at the end of last season. He was getting onto the field. I know Beggs hates it. He always talks about how he couldn't beat out Emmanuel Sanders or Cole Beasley. Well, he well, I mean, the the brass decided that neither of those guys were any good and let both of them go. Thirty five years old. Of course they got let go. Hey, man, he's the clear cut number two in one of the best offenses of the NFL. He's got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL thrown in the ball. He's been getting all the praise from his coaches and teammates in practice for his work ethic. He's got the confidence of his coach. He bulked up. Straight muscle from 210 to 227 in the offseason. You love to see it. He's built. He's got speed. And, I mean, putting my money, again, where my mouth is and saying that this man will beat his ADP for sure this year. I have a doink bet with Beggs, by the way. Wide receiver 25 or higher. I I like Gabe Davis. I, I, I really do. I don't like him as much as you do. And you're right. His body is a wood-burning stove right now, dude. He's feeding it. <laughs> He looks <laughs> he looks out. Uh, you know, honestly, dude, my biggest worry with Gabe Davis is the longer the offseason goes, the more hype he's going to get. His ADP is going to rise. I think you're going to have to overpay to get him. That does scare me. That does scare me a whole lot. But at the same time, man, where he's going right now, if we can just hold off for another month, I will absolutely cash in 100 times out of 100 on Gabe Davis. I don't hate it. I, I might, I might, if if I'm in a league going against you, I might reach for him a little bit just so you have to root for him and he's on my team. Uh, breaking my heart. It's my champion. I Gabe know, Davis man. Is my I, champion. That'll be like uh, you'll be in the audience watching Clayton Bigsby take his mask off. Oh, you're if terrible. I drafted, <laughs> if I drop to Gabe Davis, <laughs> no, he scored another <laughs> touchdown. I'm so right, but he's killing me. Gunny, <laughs> who are you more confident on, Mike Williams or Gabe Davis? Who am I more confident in this year in terms of what better fantasy finish or just of meeting your expectations uh, of meeting my expectations? I would probably have you to have say Mike wide receiver six. What's that? You didn't have what Mike Williams at like wide receiver six or something. I think it was wide receiver 10. I didn't give him top five, top six love or anything like that. I, I mean, honestly, that's that's a hard one to choose from. I, I feel like both of them are pretty equal, dude. I mean, they both play in such great offenses. Um, I think Mike Williams will outscore Gabe Davis, but we're literally taking Gabe Davis was a waiver wire nugget last year. And he just he turned into gold. Basically, he's going to turn. He's he's you're getting the rumple stilts in effect. He's spinning the straw into <laughs> gold for you. All right. So, what do you want from me here? I, I want you to not take five minutes to, and still not answer the question. Who are you more confident in, man? Mike Williams or Gabe Davis? The listeners want to know. <sighs> Mike Williams or Gabe Davis? Um, I'm probably more confident in Mike Williams. Okay. 5,000 yards passing is hard to turn down, dude. Wayne, what do you think? Who are you, who are you more on board with? 
I don't care, dude. Neither of these guys are mine. <laughs> don't ask me. I'm not the one. At, I have Keenan Allen finishing over Mike Williams, and Gabe Davis is a solid guy. That's these are it's these fair. are both Goni's guys. He doesn't need to necessarily put a put a name on it or or put his stamp on it or anything. I feel great about both of them. I think they're both going to be phenomenal and both beat their ADP for sure. Okay, so here, I love them both. Draft them both. Here, here you go. I'm more confident in DJ Moore meeting his ADP. Oh baby, fair enough. <laughs> My boy, Doink bet Mike Williams has a better year than DJ Moore. No, stupid Doink bet that huh? Mike Williams has a better year than Gabe Davis. Do I get Mike Williams? No. I just said that Mike Williams is going to. the man. Justin Herbert's throwing for 5,000 yards. Josh Allen may never throw for 5,000 yards. He mm. runs too much. He runs too much to throw for 5,000 yards. That's where the excellent QB1 value comes from. I'm not arguing with you. I agree. But, yeah, that's the play. That's the play. What you got, Wayne? My lock is the lockiest of locks. It's, the, it's an unpickable lock. It's the heaviest, most heavy-duty lock of all time. Stephon Diggs of the Buffalo Bills. He is going as the wide receiver five. His ADP is 13. He's absolutely going to be that. He's been top 10 uh, both of his seasons with Buffalo. An astounding 160 targets in both of his seasons. And absolutely nothing's changed in Buffalo. That team's amazing. That team's going to be running the same high-powered air raid. He's got Gabe Davis as his two. So he doesn't really... So his his WR2 competition is not great compared to him. Agreed. He is, he is the guy in that wide receiver room, and it's not even close in an incredible offense. I look for him to get easily over 150 targets again for the third straight season and easily hit his ADP as as the WR5. I think that's that's just stamp it. Put it in stone. I totally agree, man. I mean, if you listen to Goni tell it, Gabe's going to get 100 targets somehow this year. So I, I'm sure Goni doesn't think that Diggs is quite the lock that we do, but uh, I'm interested to see how Buffalo is going to do losing their offensive coordinator. I wonder if you think that'll have an effect. No, no. because they have talent. They, the the talent's on the field. Sure. I'm the just I'm just asking. Field. I don't I don't know that I feel that way. I'm just asking. And they have, they still have Josh Allen, man. If if you can, if you take a second, uh, go back and look at the wide receiver rankings uh, that we did earlier. You'll find that I had Stephon Diggs ranked higher than both of you guys as the wide receiver four. So I mean. You know, things happen like that. I, I mean, look, we all just went through our locks and we all picked a a player off the Bills offense. Yeah, yeah. Studs. <laughs> Studs. Studs. No, I know. All, I'm not hating on you. Beg, begs, you know, Beg's just doing his thing over there. I think Stephon Diggs, absolutely. The reason why I had him as the wide receiver four, I took him over Devontae Adams right there. I had a little decision to make is that he he was kind of out of sync a little with Josh Allen last year even. I mean, he got the same 160-plus targets as the year before, uh, but he went down to 103 receptions down from 127 the year before. So I, I look for that to improve a little better. I think, you know, he'll have a better um, reception percentage. Uh, and, yeah, absolutely a lock. Great pick. Yeah, great pick. 
All right, we will go to now the overvalues of the AFC East. Beggs, who you got? Man, this is a guy that I'm really comfortable with putting in this spot. And I've got quite a few stats here, so I might take up a little more time than usual. Uh, Jalen Waddle, man, my overvalue. Put my money where my mouth is on Jalen Waddle, by the way. And I've bet Gunny quite quite a pence on Jalen Waddle and doink bets this year. His ADP is 43, so he's going middle of the third, wide receiver 15. You know, last year, Waddle was the only wide receiver on the team to see more than 550 snaps. He saw 940. The next closest was Devonta Parker at 539. He took advantage of kind of a skeleton receiving room last year. Everybody was hurt. Even Gusecki only played 820 snaps. So he was quite literally by himself at times this year, and he he took advantage of that. He scored 40% of his fantasy points in weeks 9 to 13. Coincidentally, Devonta Parker was also out during that entire stretch. With the addition of Chase Edmonds, Mostert, and Sonny Michelle, Tyreek, a healthy Gusecki, the new coaching staff, I think this guy's opportunity goes down, man. I, I don't think he's there's as many targets and as much volume as he saw last year. All signs point to Miami wanting to run the ball a little bit more. Um, so, you know, maybe he plays kind of that Debo role a little bit where they just try to get him the ball in space with sweeps and, and quick screens and things like that. But he's not getting the volume he got last year. You know, two is being drafted at the QB 16 right now, which is bang league average. That's his ADP. Can QB 16 support two top fantasy wide receivers? I don't see it. And, and I don't see Waddle outperforming Tyreek Hill either. Um, you know, I think where he's going right now, it's his ceiling. He's a wide receiver too. Around him, you have Terry McLaurin, Pittman, DJ Moore, Judy Sutton, and Deontay Johnson. I think these are true number one guys, Judy or Sutton. And he's a wide receiver too. I, I think they're a much safer bet. I think they get better targets. I'm not saying Waddle's a dud, but, you know, if you go running back, running back, and Jalen Waddle's your wide receiver one in that third round, I'm a little worried about it. You know, now that I'm looking at it, like I said, he's not a dud, but now I'm looking at it, I've been saying wide receiver three. It's actually, I'm sorry, I've been saying round three. It's actually round four. So, you know, technically you probably would be in that wide receiver two range, but I I got a lot of concerns about Jalen Waddle, man. he was a pure volume play last year. I just don't I don't see it this year. Uh, he's a guy that he's pr- probably not going to draft. I'm going to let somebody else take take the regression. Well, like you said, like I I don't I look less at like the round he's being taken in, like he like you said in the 4th round. Um WR15 uh a little bit too rich for my blood for him. Um am I comfortable with him as my WR2? Yeah, I I, th- I think I'm comfortable with him, but he's he's more of a back end WR two in my opinion for sure. I mean, I, I I understand what you're saying. You've you've made good points, and I'm not saying that you're wrong by any means. I think the target share does come down. The thing for him though that I am absolutely going on is. The targets are going to come down. The receptions are going to come down. Last year, he PPR'd you to death. Obviously, he set the rookie reception record with 104, I believe it was. And a lot of it was in the short game. 
And I don't know if you guys remember him, his, what his calling card coming out of college, man, he was a burner, an burner. absolute burner. He was not utilized as that last year in the Dolphins offense. I don't think he had any deep touchdowns all season and they kind of just used him in the short game. So I expect his efficiency to go up. I expect his yards per catch, yards per target, all that stuff to go up this year. He's getting the number one coverages pulled away from him with Tyreek on the other side. I'm not saying he's going to hit wide receiver 15, but I also don't think Tyreek's going to hit his ADP because I think he's like wide receiver six or something crazy like that. Yep, wide um, receiver six. But, I, I mean, I feel good about him being, you know, the wide receiver two. It might be a little scarier. It might be a bumpier ride. Not as much, you know, consistency with the steady dose of eight to ten targets a game, but I expect to see him fully unleashed this year on the deep ball. I, you know, I, that could be true. And, you know, in a Shanahan offense, which is what these guys are bringing over, right, the X receiver generally is the performer. Roddy White, Julio Jones, you know, Calvin Ridley, Debo. Uh, you know, there's usually one guy that clearly stands out. And then kind of the other receivers play a little more second fiddle. Uh, and we can't remember, man, Gusecki's a dude. Like, he's really good. He's a tight end that splits out. You know, he plays kind of similar to Kittle, not quite the blocker, more of a receiver. But, you know, he's a he's a big-time target in the passing game. I, I'm just a little concerned about his role in the offense here, man. I mean, how are they going to utilize him? I mean, him and Tyreek have very similar skill sets. He just – like I said, you saw him feast on a skeleton crew. He took advantage of injuries, which is what he's supposed to do. With a fully loaded roster, more of a run game too, you know, going, I, I'm a little concerned. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate on the doubts. I don't hate on the doubts. Um, we'll just, you know, see how it plays out. I just expect him to be utilized down the field more because he absolutely PPR'd people to death last year, yeah. which is great. We have him on our championship squad. God. What a joke. I'll segue that into my overvalued pick. Um, it may or may not be – Something that everyone agrees with in the Mad Mob, especially since everyone loves the rookie drafts. But mine is going to be Brees Hall, currently going at the 405 as the running back 19. He's in, in front of guys like Antonio Gibson, ETN, Jacobs, Dobbins. Um, is he going to be the workhorse back? Uh, probably not to start. You should, guys really aren't, especially if they're not a first round pick draft capital. You're not. That's basically the only way you start as a three down back. Um, so he's going to be splitting with Carter in some capacity to start the season. Carter might be getting the third down work. Um, could mean, you know, PPR points that Brees isn't getting, maybe some goal line work. It, it remains to be seen, but he plays for the Jets. We know they're terrible. His quarterback is Zach Wilson. We know he's terrible. He oh. refuses, refuses to throw to the running back. Mike White needs to get in there. That's why where we saw Michael Carter blow up last year because Mike White was killing it. He knows how to move the chains. And, I mean, just the offense is bad, man. They are 26th in the league in offense last year. They are 27th in rushing yards. And they were 32nd in rush attempts because they're always playing from behind. You can't run the ball if you're down by 14, 17, 21 points every single game. It just doesn't work like that. So uh, I think he falls out of the RB2 range altogether. And he's just someone I'm, I'm fading in a redraft. Yeah, everybody's got to pump the brakes, man. I mean, it. The Jets did upgrade their offensive line. They had two two really strong guards that they brought in, you know. But 
at, at the end of the day, this is a pure timeshare, man. I totally agree. Brees, the hype is just out of control right now. Pump the bricks on Brees Hall. Yeah, I think Michael Carter is going to be solid this year, and I don't, and that's solid for the Jets. So you take a terrible offense, and then you split carries on a terrible offense. That's not going to breed an RB two. It's just not. No. Nope. So yeah, overvalue if he's anywhere near the RB two range. I like it. Uh, moving on to mine, it's going to be a hot take for some. Um, but that's fine. I, I, I will stand on this one. I will stand. Uh, I, I know I'm right. I'm very confident, uh, in this overvalue. Um, it's Tyreek Hill. Uh, he is, his ADP is at the 15 wide receiver six. I just to put things into perspective, uh, quick question, boys, who's better Patrick Mahomes or Tua? I'll let go. That would be Patrick Mahomes. Patrick All right, Begley, uh, what's a better offense, the Dolphins or the Chiefs? I'll take the Chiefs. Correct, both of you. Um, so he is projected to be the WR6 this year. Can either of you tell me where he finished last year on the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball? I'm going to say nine. I was going to say ten maybe. Wide receiver six. Oh, wow. Wide receiver go. six with Patrick Mahomes. He had 159 targets, nine wow. touchdowns, and they think he's just going to recreate it and finish as a WR6. Not uh, He was a WR6 last year with Patrick Mahomes on the Chiefs, and they think he's going to be a WR6 again with Tua on the Dolphins. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen at all. There's no way. He had 159 targets and nine touchdowns last year to finish in the WR6. Is there any world where he gets that playing for Miami? Because that's what he's going to need to be the WR6. Yeah, I don't see it. I'll be honest, man. I don't know what spot I'm even comfortable drafting Tyreek Hill in. I mean, seriously. What what, what round, like reasonably, are you comfortable taking him? Probably in like the fourth. Yeah, Dude, I was literally about to say late third. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I can't um, touch him. He kind of went back to his somewhat inconsistent ways last year that I'm looking at it. He had 11 games with at least 10 targets or more, and uh, he absolutely destroyed your hopes and dreams if you made the fantasy playoffs. He, uh, I mean, he had a good game in the first round. He put up 32, but 3.9 and then 10. That's not what you want out of your your top because he's your wide receiver one more than likely if he's on your team, um, and he just had a couple ping pong games throughout the year, man. You, it's just don't love the feast or famine guys, you know, for your your wide receiver ones. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't like. I said with the the last take, I don't think that um, he gets to wide receiver six again this year. No, I don't. I think he's he's doing good to be a back-end wide receiver one, let alone, you know, the six-best wide receiver. I totally agree, man. I, I think he's, to Goni's point, too, I think he's his games are going to like Tyler Lockett's this year. He'll be unplayable for a couple and then decent, then unplayable again. And you'll almost, you got to start him every game, too. That's what's going to suck is he's going to be feast or famine and you have to start him every game. Have to. All right, we're gonna we're gonna finish it off uh, with the dark horses of the AFC East. Bags, who you got? 
J-E-T-S. Jets, throw your boo, boo, up. boo. Tow your Boeings up, boys. Elijah Moore, ADP 88, wide receiver 39. Uh, I love this guy, man. I absolutely love him. Uh, he's kind of like Jerry Judy in the sense that his advanced metrics kind of belies on the field production. I mean, route win rate was ninth best in the league last year. Essentially what that means is he beats his defender. He's an elite route runner. He's an elite route winner. It's just targets. His, the quality of targets just stunk, man. Uh, I, I've, I've made a doink. I think Zach Wilson's going to be a little bit better this year. Like the Jets did all all the right moves to make Zach Wilson, uh, you know, average, right? He's got a chance now. Uh, he was the, I think, second most pressured quarterback in the league last year. So, in a way, not really his fault. They did beef up the line. You know, after week seven last year, Elijah Moore averaged 17 fantasy points a game until he got hurt in week 14. I think he's the alpha wide receiver in New York. He's getting drafted behind guys like Traylon Burks and Drake London. I'd much rather have, have EJ Moore. Drafting him in every league that I can in that in that range. I think his ADP is much closer to his floor than his ceiling. Yeah, I mean he he came on he came on during the middle of the season. Um Which he, really, like he, said, yeah. he got targeted more. He got targeted more and he, he came through. He had, you know, a hundred yard performance. Well, 141 really. And he started scoring touchdowns. Um before he got hurt. So uh, generally targets usually always go up in the second year for wide receivers with his kind of draft pedigree. Um, So I expect those to rise. I still expect Zach Wilson to be terrible, but uh, I mean, even if he only throws for 3000 yards, uh, Elijah Moore, if he breaks, you know, a thousand, it's still a good season for him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm going to take a dump on this one, man. What is he, the wide receiver 33? 33, brother. That's good for him, man. That's a solid place. You don't – listen, that's – 39? 39. That's that's on a terrible offense. uh, Are we forgetting that the Jets used their 10th pick in the draft to snag a wide receiver? So it's a terrible offense – Terrible quarterback. They drafted a receiver. I don't see. I don't see any Jets Jets receiver being relevant, let alone a, a dark horse that you can snag that's going to slide into a starting role. I'm 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 staying away from the Jets offense. Dude, the, the Jaguars offense was the worst in the league last year. It really wasn't close. Marvin Jones was their alpha wide receiver. Wide receiver one. He finished thirty three. Elijah Moore is better than Marvin Jones. Somebody's going to be decent in that offense. There's too many weapons. Yeah, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be their tenth overall pick? Not as a rookie. You just don't see rookies. Just like I said, like Donnie said, aside from Chase and Jefferson, rookies usually take a little bit of time to mature. Plus, uh, I mean, it's the Jets, dude. Head. The Jets are going to chuck them into the starting lineup and throw them the ball. Well, see. Yeah. 
they're trying to play the they're trying to play the Bengals game is, is what they did with that this year, man. The, the Bengals went out and got, you know, they drafted T. Higgins and Joe Burrow in the same draft, and then they went ahead and got Jamar Chase, and it clicked and it worked out for them because they believed in Joe Burrow, surrounded him with weapons. The Jets are like, oh, they did it and they made the Super Bowl. Let, let's do that. We believe in Zach Wilson, I guess, and uh, you know they drafted Elijah Moore with with Zach Wilson, and now they just went ahead and got their Jamar Chase, I guess, and Garrett Wilson. But I mean, T. Higgins still ate last year, you know, with a rookie Jamar Chase. Granted, it turned out that Joe Burrow is phenomenal. I know we're comparing apples to oranges as far as teams go. I'm not saying that you know we got the same thing going, but I expect the targets to go up. T. Higgins' targets went up even though Jamar Chase joined the fold. Um, so I expect targets to go up. I don't know, though, if he beats wide receiver 39, now that you put it like that. I don't know, man. I mean, let's put it into perspective, right? Let's look at wide receivers kind of in in that range. You're looking at Tyler Lockett, Garrett Wilson, Hunter Renfro, Traylon Burks, Ayuk, Alave, Robert Woods. I mean, I think this guy's more talented than all of these guys. No, nah, I like more. I like most of the guys more than a lot than Elijah Moore. There, I'd take Garrett Wilson. I'd take Olave. I'd take Traylon. You would take Garrett Wilson over Elijah Moore. Yeah. That's why. Because he's the, never he's seen draft him. capital, dude. Doink, 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 doink. I'll take a dude all day. Elijah Moore over Garrett Wilson. Yes, doink. I'm in. Does he call? Does he call? Does he call? Does he call? A hundred percent. That's a no-brainer for me, dude. Can we do that? It wasn't like he was drugged, man. I'm happy to take that. Of course I'm taking that. Give me the 10th overall pick. Wow. Love it. He may not have been he may not even be the best player on his college team last year, bro. I can't. I'm so excited. His college this. team was probably better than the NFL team he went to. <laughs> I'm so excited for this. You want to make sure that gets in the ledger. Uh, I've already played the nuke oh, sound. I... It's it's happening. I'll do it again. Let's go. God it's easy, man. Gone, gone, what's your what's your thought, man, per our joint standards? Oh, man, if I had to choose between the two, I'm going to go with Beggs and take Elijah Moore. I think he I think he has a better year than than Garrett Wilson. I don't think we see the third coming of Justin Jefferson, you know, this time around. So we'll see. The Matt says you won't, right? The historical data says no. Yeah, no, just the odds on it are ridiculous. No way. Dude, Elijah Moore, if he did not get hurt last year, the way he was operating when he got hurt, 17 fantasy points a game, you'd be talking about him in easy wide receiver three, maybe back in wide receiver two range this year. All right, it's in there. We're good. Well, I guess that brings it to me. Uh, my dark horse is going to be Tua Tagovailoa. Going in the 11th round of the 11.09 as the QB 16. Uh, I look for him to make a huge jump this year. The Dolphins acquired Tyreek Hill. Don't know if you heard of him. Burner. Excellent. Uh, they acquired 
Taron Armstead, the left tackle from the Chiefs, or I'm sorry, from the Saints, uh, which I can't stress enough. The man was easily the best left tackle on the free agent market. They went ahead and locked him up. Um, I mean, you know, Tua's received a lot of criticism in the past about his uh, ability or just, you know, him th- wanting to throw the ball down the field. They, they say he doesn't take enough deep shots. Um, it's been a knock on him. I believe that the tandem of Tyreek and Waddle will unlock that part of the offense and just open them up, taking them to the next level. Uh, he's been looking great in practice. Uh, Tyreek is is raving about him. I don't know if that, that could just be a little too much. You know how some of the Homer beat reporters and teammates kind of fluff it up a little bit for you. Um, but I mean, it's just good to see, you know, that kind of praise coming out of there. So I'm looking for the third year jump out of the quarterback here. Um, I think he has a potential to be a, a back end or fringe quarterback one if all goes well. I saw a survey recently that the athletic did of 50 NFL coaches and execs and it was done anonymously and they kind of ranked NFL quarterbacks 26th behind Justin Fields. Oh man. So is that sold for you? Who would you rather have fields or Tua? Yeah, I'm probably taking Tua. I'm taking Tua over fields, man. I just thought that was really, really interesting. Uh, right behind two was Davis Mills, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance. Very wow. Good. And this is from all the GMs? 50 coaches and executives across the okay. anonymous. Now, I don't know if they interviewed like the Water Boys and they called them an exec. You know, you know how that goes. Right, right, right. Uh, I mean, it's still early, early to tell. A lot of these guys are super young. You put a you had a rookie wide receiver in Waddle last year. He did very well. And now you're putting a proven wide receiver one on uh, to into his hands right now. So. Well, I guess if you look at the data, though, Gome, adding a wide receiver to a team doesn't always improve their record or the quarterback's performance. No, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Sure, we saw right. it with Stephon Diggs and, uh, and Josh Allen in the Ascension. Uh, but you're right. It doesn't happen all the time. I just you, know. You know what? With the Cowboys. You know what? The host is going to step in here. The host is going to step in. Oh, no. Yeah. You don't need to have the longest pauses in America, man. Just Just go in and roast me, will you? Just just go ahead. Well, I have to build up the suspense. That's what the pauses are for. You you don't. You don't. Off camera, off camera, Begley, what happened? Uh, He doesn't even know what happened. Goni, our our, uh, self-proclaimed football encyclopedia, was dead wrong about something. Dead wrong. And uh, we went to the internet, thank God for the internet, and uh, we looked at the facts, stats, and data and proved them wrong. I, I, love, I love how you provided all the details for our listeners about what I was wrong about. And, you know, we can we can go into it a little well, bit more. Well, okay, well, now that you ask, I guess I Man, can. You know, go do it right push, if you're going to do it. He was trying to prove the point that adding a prime receiver to an offense makes the offense better. But if we look at Dallas in 2017, when Amari was added to that team, he went from a 13-3 and three team. Dak had an, a, an MVP kind of season. Offensive Rookie of the Year in 2016, we were 9-7 in 2017. So the offense got better, right? The offense got worse. I thought he was uh, almost an MVP candidate, and they he threw for more yards than he did the year before. He threw for less yards once we added Amari Cooper to the offense than he did the year before. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, he was better off with Dez and Terrence Williams than he was with Amari. Terrence Williams. So sometimes adding prime talent to the offense doesn't make it better. Sometimes you can regress. Sometimes you're the Cowboys, though, and you find a way to lose and suck anyways. So I feel like that's kind of just an outlier. Um, but, you know, that's fine. I gave you your, your dub. I gave you your dub. I was wrong. I will... I'll concede that. You know, Goni, I gave you I gave you ample time to just just comb through. Hang on, Begley's eating. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he say he wasn't gonna have any more? Dude, God, God, oh, God, dude. That, that snack it's has been sitting there. He's been salivating over it. He over couldn't the past. help himself. Man, we were almost done too. Like I have my I'm dark horse, and then we're done. And he could not wait. I'm snacking on a victory right now, Wayne. Uh, but anyways, Goni, I, I gave you plenty of time to literally think of any other scenario that would have made you right. And you just Stephon Diggs, I did. Stephon Diggs. Dead wrong. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. It happened. It's all good. He's literally just, he's he's picking out the fine hairs because that's how he's he's got to beat me on it and everything. I, I said something. I It was off the top of the head. We're talking, you know, five, six years ago when the Cowboys were had their best record in God knows how long. And it's midnight. Um, he just he said it so smugly and so matter of factly. He thumbed his nose up at me. It just the way he said it, Wayne. If you if you would have seen it, makes Man. me want to snack. Wayne, go ahead, throw yours out there, bro. I know that face. It's a it's a stupid one to look at. Man, so, it's the and god it, complex. And you, you see it often too. Ah, well, that's weird. Uh, did you break your phone? This past week, or did I break mine? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, you want to you want to doink bet on something completely unrelated to football? Uh, about me just being right and you being wrong. That's good fine. enough. Yeah. It happens. Tr- trust go, me. The season your, will uh, go on, horseman. and I will get plenty of doinks that I win that go with football. My dark horse. Let's fit. It. Lord, let me just get my dark horse out of the way, and we'll close up shop. My dark horse is. The New England Patriots. Long wow. pause, Goni. Mm. Long pause, suspense. Patriots. Yeah, Homer. we're the dark horse, man. We're uh, we're gonna make the playoffs again. Great pick. Long pause. Jacoby Myers. All right, is my dark horse. He is going as the wide receiver, fifty six. Jacoby Myers was targeted over a hundred and twenty times. Just had eighty three receptions. And two touchdowns, and finished as the WR thirty, WR thirty with only two touchdowns. If he improves his catch percentage just a little bit and scores just a few more touchdowns, he has a clear path to a flex spot. And especially when his ADP is one hundred and forty-two, the fact that like he he only had two touchdowns, he got over one hundred and twenty targets finish as a WR30, the fact that they're saying he's going to drop all the way down to a WR56 is criminal. Criminal. Why? Why is he dropping that low? There's the- Oh, resident Patriots fan here. Let me tell you. Smug. Um, Smug. Smug. I hate it. Did you hear that in his voice? Let me, let me tell oh, you. Oh, let me interrupt hey, let me you here. You mask on. It's smug. It, excuse me. Excuse me. Let, let me tell you why. So, uh, if you watched the Patriots play and you saw Jacoby Myers last year, you would find that he was a PPR machine. He gets it done just by getting 
catch after catch after catch. He actually won me a couple bets last year where I took the over-under for receptions. I believe I was watching football at Wayne's house on one of them. And um, the man is deathly afraid of the end zone or something. I don't know if it's because it's just painted different from the grass or what, but he's played in 46 career games and scored his first two touchdowns of his career just last year. I mean, the uh, the odds would say that the touchdowns have to go up, right? But they brought in Devontae Parker in the offseason. He's projecting to be the number one in the offense. And I, I just don't see, you know, Jacoby getting as many targets as he got last year. I, I, he'd probably be disrespected in the ADP, but I just don't really expect him to finish where he did last year. Um, I would imagine, you know, the targets go down, the yardage goes down, touchdowns probably stay the same. He'll probably get three and have a career year. Are you concerned at all about father time finally catching up to Devonta Parker and him kind of, kind of getting his first injury this year? Are you a little worried about that? Devonta (laughs) Parker getting his first injury? (laughs) Like of the season? I don't get just because he's on your roster going, but how many snaps is this man going to actually see this year? He, I, look at know. look at going like trying to take a big dump on my dark horse in the in the purpose of a dark horse saying his ADP is here and he's going to perform better than it. it Goni started so smug and smug. then finished it with saying his ADP is disrespecting him a little bit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, Man, my guy. The upside is extremely low. I better see Devonta Parker on every one of Goni's teams this year. Why would I take Devonta? No, death taxes and never take a Patriot. It's the motto. I've never had a Patriot over the Do- entirety of my bet career. Jacoby Myers is WR fifty or better. Ooh. He's right now. He's rated WR fifty six. No, I'm not going to bet he's on a Patriots put, player. No, I'm not going to bet on a Patriots player. Play. Absolutely hey, not. Hey, hey, then bring your nose back down to sea level, man. It's ridiculous. Absolutely not. Terrible pick. Wow. My he, gosh. He, he, so he, I'm saying he's a dark horse going to finish. He's WR56. I'm even. I'm giving Goni six spots on top of his ADP, and he's still scared to take it. The only logical conclusion I can come to is that he is a dark horse and going to finish much better than was what his ADP is. Thank you, Goni. If you listen close, you can hear the sound of flops slapping Goni's heels right now. Stick to your guns, God. I don't wear flip flops, hey, man. Hey, hey, don't don't you don't you ever come so arrogant at me. One and zero in the doinks this season. I mean, <laughs> you're you're not going to finish first. I promise. I put a doink that I finished first in doinks. Okay, I'll put a doink on that. I got the odds. I'll put it in the phone. Thanks, man. Between us. Nope. You didn't say that. I already accepted. Let's go. Don't worry. I got the sound drops. That didn't sound anything like it. Go ahead, man. You can wrap up the show. Between us. Did you did you hear the smugness in which he allowed you to wrap the show up? Why? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, I'm not wrapping up the show now. Uh, I swear I will end this with just a sharp cut right now.